this is something that happened last week. And it's a very short story, very quick story, and it won't take me very long to tell. But it's a story that I've been thinking about a lot since it happened for reasons that will become apparent as we go. And I think the really interesting thing about this story is the way that it can lead us off to thinking about how it might impact us in various areas of our lives. And this is the sort of stuff I love, right? Like I love to join the dots between things that maybe don't seem obviously connected. And this is what that story has allowed me to do. So let's dive into it. So last week, I had offered to go and sit with my mother at the dentist office while she and my dad were having their teeth checked. Now, for context, my mum has dementia and she lives full-time in supported care. And so my dad was taking her out of care, taking her to the dentist, and then they were both going to have their teeth attended to. And I sort of said to my dad, hey, do you want me to come and sit with mum while you're doing your teeth, just in case, you know, she needs anything or she gets up or, you know, needs, needs support? Um, and so that was what the plan was. I was going to go and sit with mum and just be there for the duration of dad's appointment. Now, my dad told me exactly where I needed to be. He told me the time. I noted it down. And then on the day of the appointment, I left myself heaps of time to get there early because, you know, if you're not early, you're late. And so that's how I, how I like to think anyway. I don't like being late. I like being on time. And I left myself plenty of time and I pulled into the car park with about 10 minutes to spare. So in those 10 minutes, I gave my sister a quick call to see how she was doing. And as we were chatting on the phone, I was sort of watching the time and thinking, gosh, I'm, I'm surprised my dad's not here yet. He's usually pretty punctual too. And so at about the time that the appointment was supposed to start, I got off the phone to my sister and called my dad and was like, where are you? And he was like, where are you? I'm at the dentist and you're not here. And I sat there looking at my location thinking, well, I am at the dentist. And then it dawned on me, you've gone to the wrong place. I was sitting in a dentist office probably 10 minutes down the highway from where I was supposed to be. I was at the dentist that I go to and that I take my kids to, not at the dentist that my parents go to. Now, when this happened, my first thought was like, not very nice to myself. You're an idiot, right? Like, how could you have made this mistake? Because I knew exactly where I was supposed to go. He had told me. It was an office that I'm familiar with. It was the one that I went to as a kid. But for whatever reason, I was sitting there in the wrong car park. There are two things that I want to talk about from here. Two parts of this story that I think are really interesting beyond the dentist part, right? So to fast forward to the ending, I drove down the road, got there, sat with my mother. It was all fine. That part of the story is like inconsequential in some ways. But I want to talk about this, this piece, right, of my initial instinct being to be like, you're a bit of an idiot. Why did you do this? but also the reflection that I had in terms of why I did it, because I think it's really interesting. So the kind of like self-critical part of me really was a bit like, oh my gosh, why did you do this? Like you, you literally knew where you were supposed to go. It wasn't that hard. You should have done it. Like there was just that kind of, Ugh, what are you thinking? And I was particularly frustrated with myself because my word for 2024 is intentional. And in my mind, I'm going, well, if you were being intentional, you would have really like thought clearly about where you needed to go rather than just operating on autopilot. 
Now, because I've been practicing self-kindness for a really long time and self-compassion for a really long time, when that inner critic starts to get a little ugly, I'm very quick to get more curious and to get more kind and to get more compassionate. And so I could hear my inner critic really ready to have a bit of a field day because I felt like it was really important for me to be there on time. I felt like it was really important for me to be doing, you know, quote unquote, the right thing. I was trying to do this supportive thing and it turned out that I just, you know, made everything a little bit harder. And so I heard the critic and my response to that was to get curious and to ask myself a few questions like, why is this important to you, right? I I wanted to understand that the criticism wasn't just because I'd gotten it wrong because we all make mistakes, right? We all as humans are going to make mistakes because we are fallible. That is part of what makes us human. But I recognized that it was really important to me that I not only do supportive good, you know, quote unquote good things, but that I be seen to be doing that. And so in that moment, I felt very much like I had not only sort of failed to deliver on what I had promised to do, but in some ways felt like I'd actually kind of made it more worse, like made it more complicated and worse. But I had to meet myself in a way that said, yeah, like you did make a mistake. Sometimes I think when we hear self-compassion and we hear self-kindness, we think that we have to almost pretend that no mistake was made, like kind of find the silver lining. And I don't always think that that's valuable. I really believe that noticing the truth of what's happening is incredibly important. And so to be able to say, I messed up, I went to the wrong place, and I feel bad about that because it was really important to me that I show up in a way that was supportive. And now I haven't done that. And, right, not but. This is where an and comes in. Both and, not both but. (laughs) Or either but. I don't know. Um this idea that that is true, right? I did make a mistake. And even in my imperfection, I do not have to be a jerk to myself, right? I don't have to beat myself up. I don't have to be cruel. That is an active pursuit though. So I had like I debriefed about this. It sounds sort of like a trivial example, but I did debrief about this later with both my sister and my husband. Um, because I felt bad. There's a difference though between feeling bad and like completely trashing yourself. And so what I was actively trying to do was not trash myself because that's the easy almost path to go down, um, to really go down that blame and shame spiral. So the way that I kind of made sure I didn't do that was to continually meet myself with compassion and with that curiosity of like, why does this feel bad, right? Why does this feel so bad? And and the answer was because it mattered to you. And so, yeah, of course it's going to feel, right? The second part though that I want to talk about is why I ended up at the wrong dentist office. And I think this is really interesting. So I hope that you find it really interesting too. While I was driving to that second dentist office and it was like a good drive, right? Like I was 10 minutes away. I was reflecting on, well, what landed me here? How did I get here? Because I definitely knew where I was supposed to go. But at no point in the drive from home to that dentist office did it even twig. You're going the wrong way. You're going to the wrong place. Even in those 10 minutes of sitting in the car park and being like, where is my dad? It never twigged until he told me, hey, this is where I am. And I was like, 
oh, of course, that's where you are. That's exactly where you said you were going to be. But what I realized was that when I was having the conversation with my dad about meeting him there, which had happened the night before at my dinner table, I had visualized sitting with my mum. Now, I'm a very visual person, and so when I think about something, I see it right in my head. I, I picture what I'm doing. I picture, like, it's almost like a, what's the right word? It's almost like I rehearse it in my head, but not in a kind of like, here's how I have to get it right, but more I just see an image of what I would be doing. And so if I think about teaching a class, I kind of imagine myself on my mat. If I think about going to the grocery store, I have like these flashes of images in my mind of being in the grocery store. Maybe you think in a similar way. Um, and so when I had had this conversation with my dad, I had visualized myself sitting on the couch in the waiting room of my dentist because I'd been there not that long before when I took my kids in for a checkup and we had sat on this couch and we had watched the television and it was a very crystal clear memory and I inserted myself and my mother into that memory or that visualization. And so in my mind, when I then got in the car to take the trip to the dentist's office, the visual in my mind was sitting in that dentist's office, the wrong one. And I believe that is why I ended up there because it was so real. It was such a, a powerful kind of image because it was, um, you know, right there in my head. Had I visualized the drive to the correct office, or visualize myself inside that office, then maybe that would have been different. But even though I am familiar with the other dentist office, it's not a building that I've been in for probably 15 years, maybe a little less. And they've done a massive renovation and it looks nothing like I remember. And so I didn't visualize that one. I didn't have the tools for it almost. And I think this is fascinating. And I thought about this for a really long time afterwards, thinking, yeah, I think that's why I went there. It was an autopilot of sorts, but it also had a lot to do with what I was kind of capable of visualizing. Plus the fact that I hadn't actually written the correct address down in my diary, which probably would have made a difference. I'd just written dentist. And I do really think that there's a valuable insight in this story around the stories that we tell ourselves, the beliefs that we hold about what we're capable of, who we are, what we aren't, and how that perhaps sometimes limits us and keeps us traveling the same paths, even when we desire to kind of step in a different direction. We hear all the time, your mind is so powerful, your mind is so powerful. And I think we know this, but often the practical application of like how to use that that power or how to um, harness it or how to be curious about it is a little bit lacking. And I'm not even sure that I have a comprehensive answer for you today about that, but there are a couple of things that I want to share that I think are really powerful when it comes to uh, acknowledging the impact that our kind of thought-based processes can have on our reality. And one of them is the fact that you are always listening to yourself. So as I mentioned, you know, I have these kind of like visual, visualizations of what I'm about to do. And for the most part, 
they're not super conscious. Like I know that I'm doing it, but it's not like I go to great efforts to, you know, fill in the detail and think about it at a great, at any great length. It just happens because it's just the way that I think. So too, though, is the negative voice that we talk to ourselves with, that critical inner dialogue that tends to run in the background. What happens when we start to say, hey, no, that is not going to be the dominant narrative in my mind? It doesn't mean that we have to make it disappear, but it does mean that we need to get curious about its existence and interrupt it from time to time. More often is better, right? So if we can interrupt that, just like if I could have interrupted that visualization and went, oh, no, hang on, wrong office, this is where I need to go, probably it would have been a different outcome. Your thoughts are not benign, right? The way that you speak to yourself is not benign. And so being able to get curious about that inner voice and interrupt that inner voice when it is not being kind and being able to do that in a kind way. It's interesting, I, as I'm recording this, I, am, I have just been like updating the page on my website for Soma Home, which is my online course that's actually about to run again in February. And I'll give you more details about that shortly. 